0: Dr. Michael Grant, and I am the Irreverent Psychologist. That means I tell it like I see it. You're free to disagree as much as you want. That's okay. doesn't bother me a bit. I operate a practice of clinical psychology in beautiful Charlottesville, Virginia, and you can read more about it and me at www.wellbeingpsychology.net. The Irreverent Psychologist podcast tackles topics head-on, without any window dressing or talking around tough issues, or apologizing for a very frank discussion. Sex, men's issues, women's issues, LGBTQ plus issues, depression, anxiety, and all sorts of things that can help you have a better life. These are the subjects of this podcast. Welcome, and let's get started. Today's topic is Stop the Madness, Shore Up Your Boundaries. So many people have trouble with relationships in their private lives, and at work, and pretty much everywhere else, because they have poor boundaries. Overly porous, not well-defined, too easily breached or lowered too much, all are characteristics of personal boundaries that are not working, not strong enough, and so set up a person to get into all sorts of dysfunctional and lousy relationships. Then, they don't know how to get out of them. And they can't make sense of what is happening. It's total madness. Let's talk then about boundaries what they are, why they're important, and how to strengthen them so that we can be much healthier and happier in vastly improved relationships. Ever since around 1960, we've all been blown away by photographs taken from space of planet Earth. We see this beautiful planet with blue water white swirling clouds, and brown or green landmasses. You can see the same sort of thing using Google Earth, but the one thing you don't see in any photographs of Earth are boundaries. There aren't any, except for some attempts at building wall boundaries over the centuries. But for the most part, one landmass or area is connected to its neighbor, and there's no visible boundary. We humans created these invisible boundaries between countries, or within the U.S., between states, counties, and so on. We draw maps with these boundaries, but we know they don't exist on the actual surface of the Earth, so why do we bother to create them? Well, boundaries between states or countries help us know where one state or country ends and where one begins. Why is that important? because it makes very clear where the responsibility for taking care of that section of the earth belongs. If you're just across the U.S.-Canadian border in Canada, then everything inside the Canadian border belongs to Canada, and its government is responsible for managing things within those borders or boundaries, but it's not responsible for managing anything across the border boundary in the U.S., Boundaries tell countries where its territory begins and ends, and so where its responsibility for things begins and ends. Within the boundary, it's responsible. Outside the boundary, it's not responsible. The very same thing is true for people. There's no visible line around us indicating where we physically begin and end. I guess our skin comes closest to being a visible boundary like that, but there's no other physical boundary. The boundaries around you and me are psychological ones, and they tell us how far we extend and where we end and someone else begins. So, big deal. Why is this important? Well, it's very important because, like for countries, boundaries tell us what we are responsible for and what we aren't. And that is important because the foundation of good psychological, emotional, and relational health is all about personal responsibility. Responsibility is not only the knowledge that something is mine to manage, but it encompasses all the behaviors of actually managing all the things for which I'm responsible. In the last years in the U.S. and even elsewhere, there's been what seems to me to be a huge willingness to blame other people for lots of problems. We've had some horrible modeling from people who were supposed to be our elected leaders. We've heard them say and do everything they could to make the problem someone else's fault, to blame whole races or classes of people, or even people in other countries, for problems that we ourselves have helped create. Blaming, whining, being catty and nasty, as responsibility is shifted from the only ones who are truly responsible, us, to others. This is what we've heard and seen way too much of in the past seven or eight years, but it's not just a recent change. We've all done it far too long, and the result is dysfunction, immaturity, and real problems not getting solved because we're too busy blaming. All the same happens within each one of us. If we don't take responsibility for the things that belong within our personal boundary, we wind up just as screwed up as too much of our society in the U.S. and world is today. So, for us personally, what does lie within our boundaries? What are we responsible for? And how can really taking our responsibility for these things help us shore up and strengthen our boundaries? First, For what are we, each of us, responsible in our life? There are four classes of behavior, just four, that we are each totally responsible for. And if we assume that responsibility and don't shirk it, we can become the mature, healthy, and psychologically strong person we, hopefully, need and want to be. What are these four classes of behavior? The four that cover all possible things we could ever do. Let's draw it, at least in our minds. Now draw or imagine a circle. Imagine that like a clock, it has the hours shown around the circle. Now imagine or actually draw a vertical line from 12 to 6 and then a horizontal line from 9 to 3 on the clock. And then extend that horizontal line a little bit beyond past 3. Now you've got a circle with four equal quadrants. In the top left one, Write the word say. In the quadrant to its right on top, write the word do. In the bottom left quadrant, write the word think. And in the bottom right quadrant, write the word feel. Now, above the part of the line that you extended at three o'clock, right above it, write the word overt. And below that line, write the word covert. That's it. You've just described everything for which you are uniquely responsible within your personal boundary. Everything you say, do, think, or feel. Mature people with healthy boundaries got that way because they refused to blame anyone else for what they said or what they did or what they thought or what they felt. And they also refused to take responsibility for anything someone else said or did or thought or felt. They got very clear On these four behaviors for which they were responsible, and these same four behaviors for which others were responsible. Now, you can tell when somebody's boundaries are not good. It doesn't take much at all. Just listen to them. If you hear any of the following, you're hearing boundary violations He makes me so mad. She made me say that. Nothing I do matters. I could lose weight if I were happier. It's your fault I don't have fill in the blank. He got me pregnant, or the male version. She trapped me by getting pregnant. If it weren't for my parents, I would be happy. But the real problem is my boss. Get rid of her and everything would be okay. If I didn't have all these negative thoughts, I would be happy. I can't wait for these kids to leave home. Then things will be great again. If she would just get off my back, our marriage would improve. I was happy until I married him. He's the problem. It's not my fault I'm fat. McDonald's just serves really fattening food. I wouldn't think such nasty thoughts about him if he didn't deserve them. I'm the way I am all because of my parents or my family. Now, in each of these statements, someone is shifting the legitimate responsibility that belongs only to them onto someone or something else. And as they blame and shift responsibility away from themselves, they also shift the expectation of solving the problem away from themselves and onto someone else. I don't know about you, but how many times does someone else come swooping in and solve your problems for you? And if they do, what happens? You shirk your responsibility and someone else fixes things and takes the credit while you sit on your ass just watching. If they take the credit for one thing, they may well start taking the credit for lots of other things, and pretty soon you have someone in your life who treats you like a helpless, stupid mass of protoplasm, and they lose all respect for you. Why shouldn't they? You failed to do your own work, to manage your own behavior, to live your own life. If you are in that position, how in the hell are you going to have a good and healthy relationship with anybody else? You can't. Imagine now two of those circles with the quadrants, but two of them. Imagine they represent two healthy people with good boundaries, meaning they are totally responsible for what each one says, does, thinks, and feels. Now bring these circles together on paper or in your mind so they just touch on their outer circular boundary, but do not overlap. You've just imagined or drawn a healthy relationship. Two people with good boundaries who can relate to each other with maturity and strength and have healthy communication and good interaction. Now imagine or draw the two circles such that one overlaps the other some. Imagine or draw cross-hatching in the overlapped area. These overlap circles represent enmeshment, which is a characteristic of an unhealthy and immature relationship. In enmeshment, One person is either shirking too much responsibility and expecting the other to do his or her work or is taking on too much responsibility for the other's behaviors. Enmeshment is nasty, it's unhealthy, and you can see it on TV and really all around you as people angrily point fingers at each other, accuse each other, run from their own responsibility and somehow think, well, that's the way things should be. It may be way too common now, but that does not make it how things could be. People model for each other responsibility shifting and blaming or responsibility taking and the sense of pride and self-esteem that comes from managing your own behavior like a mature adult. I see people all the time who come to me complaining of all manner of problems, and yet I soon see that their real problem is that they are not taking responsibility for their own life and their own behavior, what they say, do, think, or feel. Until they are willing to assume that responsibility, they will never, ever, ever go anywhere, and their life and relationships will remain totally fucked up and unhealthy. They will never create a really healthy relationship, nor be the mature kind of parent or spouse they say they want to be and their boundaries will remain dotted lines that let way too much in and way too much out. When people do want to work on growing up and maturing and having strong and healthy boundaries, they ask me, so what do I need to do to improve my boundaries? And I tell them, don't worry about the boundary. Worry about what's inside the boundary and start taking total responsibility for everything in it. What you say, do, think, and feel and by not expecting anyone else to be responsible for those things, and by not taking on responsibility for another person's saying, doing, thinking, and feeling. By doing all that, you will improve your boundaries, but you do it indirectly, not directly. When you take total and complete responsibility for everything you say, do, think, and feel, you get off the hamster wheel of never-ending immaturity and start down the path of real adulthood. In wisdom. One of the things that will help you do this in a very practical way is to listen for and eliminate the following phrase, makes me feel. We say that all the time. He makes me so mad. If she hadn't acted so stupid, I wouldn't have had to yell at her. She makes me feel so bad. He makes me think I'm no good, and on and on and on. The fact is that no one, no one can reach in and make you feel anything. They say or do what they say or do, and you get to respond to whatever they say or do, but you get to choose your response. You choose. You are a sovereign individual within your own boundaries, and you choose your response. No one can make you say anything. No one can make you do anything feel, or think anything. No matter what they say, do, think, or feel, you get to choose what you say, do, think, or feel in response. You are the CEO of you. You and you alone have agency, the ability to manage your own behavior. And as you do, you will find that you respect yourself more, you like yourself more, you even love yourself more, and that others do too. You can have relationships that are so very much healthier and happier if you will strengthen your boundaries by taking total responsibility for what you say, do, think, and feel. You will start attracting to yourself other mature people who are doing the same thing and will start repelling all those unhealthy people with bad boundaries who refuse to grow up and be responsible for themselves. Your life and your relationships will get better and happier even though there will still be many struggles and challenges, and always will be. But you'll finally be able to meet them with greater energy and effort, because now you realize that they are yours to meet, and you have the foundation laid in personal maturity to meet them. Today we've discussed just the beginning of the idea of personal boundaries, why they're important, how to strengthen them, and what can happen in your life if you do. The fact is that only people who are willing to take responsibility for all their behavior, say, do, think, and feel, can grow and become the kind of person they really want to be and make the kind of differences in the lives of those they love that they want to make. It all starts with boundaries. Like planet Earth, you can't see the man-made boundaries on it, nor can you see the boundary around each one of us, but they are incredibly important. They tell us where we stop, and where we start, and more crucially, what we are uniquely responsible for and what we're not. This week, listen to yourself and those around you in your private and in the public world. Start really noticing what kind of talk is boundary strengthening, and what kind is boundary weakening. Notice how happy, or not, a person is who's talking or behaving in boundary strengthening terms, and how happy or not, a person is who is talking or behaving in boundary-weakening terms. Which person are you drawn to? Which one would you like to be like? Which one will you be? This week on The Irreverent Psychologist, we've been talking about how to stop the madness and shore up your boundaries. I hope this has been helpful to you. For more information about the contents of this podcast and to read more about boundaries, Go to www.theirreverentpsychologist.net. That's I R R E V E R E N T. Theirreverentpsychologist.net. And look for episode one. Next week on The Irreverent Psychologist, we'll be discussing You Get More of What You Reward, or How to Get Off Your Butt and Get Shit Done So You Can Have a Better Life. My name is Dr. Michael Grant. And I am the irreverent psychologist. I'll see you next time.